Welcome to Fresh Courage. It's your time to shine on Transformation Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Sharon Rolfe. And we're going to have a great time today. Um, I'm here to help you live wholeheartedly to uh, daily do something that gives you happiness, health, and wealth. And that is very much in line with our topic today. So um, uh, I want you to live wholeheartedly to enjoy everything and to live boldly. So if you've been knocked off your feet recently by a transition, like empty nesters or retirement or becoming a former caregiver or widow, um, or maybe somebody you know has, it's, it might um, leave you feeling confused, marginalized, perhaps invisible, useless, or even bored. I've gone through some of this, and I'm now loving to help people find a new clarity and direction again so they can experience the ideal, a place to fit in, to matter, and to make a difference. I'm the creator of Effortless Vitality Plan and the Longevity Blueprint. So today our topic is happy and rich. You don't often see those in the same sentence, do you? So Elihu Jayan is the author of The Laughing Billionaire. Who ever heard of that? He's the author and life and spiritual coach, motivational speaker, and advisor to people of all ages and backgrounds. Elihu uh, empowers people to be the best version of themselves. That's what I'm um, excited about. Create stronger relationships, achieve career success, and create healthier lifestyles by, by developing a spiritual connection. Through his studies and work, Elihu has uh, developed or discovered the cultivating true happiness enables one's success to increase and that money does not mean happiness. How many of us know that? <clears throat> Known for his keen sense of humor, contagious smile, and natural ability to simplify complicated knowledge. Elihu <clears throat> uses a multitude of spiritual tools to teach his primary teachings are based his primary teachings are based on Kabbalah. So welcome Elihu. What are we gonna do today? Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it very much. Uh, what what are we going to learn today, and why is it irrelevant? Yeah, we we're going to talk about whatever you're asking me. You know, I'm here to serve. I'm here to share. You know, and I'm here to make sure that uh, um, you know everybody become fulfilled, happy, and have some clarity. I think that's important in those days. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, tell us uh, what your background is a little bit that led you to this cool. laughing billionaire subject. <laughs> uh, basically, my background is um, I was born in Israel and um, uh, to a family which is, uh, of course, Jewish family. Um, half of my family are a great believer. The other half is a, a great disappointed of God. So I grew up with uh, uh, a family that have both sides, if you look at it, you know, one side said, I forget about that thing in heaven. And one side said, believe only in these things in heaven. So growing up like that, I was looking for something else. I was looking for more proof and understanding. And that brought me into a place that uh, I will get into more the mystical side of, of life. Dealing with my grandfather, who was a great uh, 
Kabbalists from both sides. So they were busy, busy with more the mystical essence of why we are here, what's the purpose, where we're we going, you know, reincarnation, spirit, the spirit of the dead. And because of that background, I found it very attractive, more than religion, more than even spirituality with rules. And that get me into place to look for more teachers that would teach that specific knowledge. There's so many teachers that I consider every human being who I met is my teacher, basically. I, I have more teacher than student, you know, because I believe that if I go to grocery to buy rice right now, somebody's teaching me something. And uh, that lead me to more practice the essence of mysticism, which I didn't know I have, just because my grandparents has it doesn't mean I have it. And I discover with time, when I was very young, that I become a famous psychic reader to a lot of the star and a lot of wealthy people. And through that, you basically become famous. The first place where I gave my first lecture was actually New York, New York City. Uh, that was the first uh, public appearance in 1990 or 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so from that point on, I just went on the road as a single guy and uh, people were very excited to hear and to listen. And um, the reason I wrote the book was to inspire people to understand that if you're super rich, doesn't mean you're happy. And if you are super happy, doesn't mean you're rich, but we got to find a combination. You cannot just live in the street and be happy. You have to raise your level of desire. And it doesn't mean if you're traveling with private jet, that is the reason you should be happy. No, you got to combine. You got to find the, the center column, if you want. Like there's something in balance in between. So my background, I do reading to people. People come to see me for uh, reading their face, reading their palm, astrological reading, uh, knowing a little bit what's going to happen with them. Today, I just did reading to South Africa. South Africa reach out and I gave them direction on their life where it need to go from a business point of view. So the background is I'm, I'm, I'm wearing many hats when people come to see me because some people come to see me for knowledge. Some people come to see me for healing uh, power. Some people come to see me for more clarity about the future. So for each person, I do the best I can to give a direction that based on the knowledge mostly of Kabbalah that was written 4,000 years ago. And hopefully I'm doing a good job in the eyes of the divine. And um, again, the proof is in the pudding. If I life of people become better after they met me, that's a good sign. You know, that's, that's the only good sign. <laughs> yeah, the fruit, right? <laughs> that's it. All right, we've got about a minute for a break, but you've you've actually counseled some pretty famous people, haven't you, Elihu? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I work with a lot of famous people in the arena of the media or the entertainment, the movie, the music, the sport arena, uh, the Forbes people like Forbes magazine, like the people, the, the billionaires. And um, it's just not because I don't be believe because I'm special, it's just, I believe that this mission was brought on me uh, almost as a responsibility for people because we talk about people who has, let's say, 4,000 worker. If I can make one person do better, 4,000 people will do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be 
um, not ego driven, but responsibility driven is a, a good thing because then you're living your own purpose. And probably that plays into your readings and your wisdom that you get too. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to ask Elihu about um, uh, how does a person become rich? You're listening to Fresh Creech on the Transformation Talk Radio, and this is your host, Sharon Rolfe, with my guest, Elihu Jahan, and we're going to ask uh, Elihu, why did you write a book about the laughing millionaire? <laughs> the laughing billionaire. The reason. <laughs> the laughing billionaire. It's a good question. Why would I write a book with a, with a, with a name like that? With a, what's, what's the purpose? I, the idea, if we're thinking about, you know, uh, people, you know, uh, I was driving on the, uh, those of you who know the city of Manhattan, New York, so I was driving in the lower west side with a guy who has a whole soul, it's beautiful. And I was young and more energetic then. <laughs> and we're driving together in this horse voice. And then he stopped next to a bunch of poor people that they give the bread and money to. And as we drive to his house, he's crying. I cannot say his name, so he said to me, Eliel. You saw those people I gave the bread and money to. I said, yes, I did. I said, they seem happy. I said, yes, they, they, they are seeing happy. I said, I can't achieve that happiness. With all my money, I can't get to that place that I will be happy. Then I met a group of people who part of my volunteering job is to work in a, in a different shelter and also help people in a rehab who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And I meet people that, that they believe because they don't have money, they're not happy. So I realized there's something very interesting going on. The rich people look at the poor and say, maybe I was punished because I have money, and that's why I'm not happy. The poor people feel because they don't have money, that's why they're not happy. So I realized something very unique that happiness is the goal of every single human being. When I traveled to Hong Kong to give a lecture there, I realized it's the same thing. Every country where I went, if it's London, Berlin, if it's uh, Amsterdam, the same story. Happiness should be our goal. When happiness it is your goal, as I write in my book, then what happened to you, you can use different tools to get there. Unfortunately, some of the tools are wrong because if you're looking for short-term happiness that's not going to last, then you're not really creating any transformation within your personality. But if you look for long-term happiness, you gotta do the work, you gotta do whatever it needed for that. So that was the reason that I wrote this book and I wanna give truly information and knowledge that was hidden for 4,000 years old to the majority of people that once they read this book seriously, cannot just go through the book, that book will give you clarity and freedom the way you need it. You know, I just received a phone call now, half an hour ago, from one of my student, client, whatever you want to call it. She said something very beautiful. She said, three years ago, I met you and you guide me to be a leader. And I have no idea what you want for my life. I follow you, you're my spiritual leader, it's enough. I say, no, 
I'm not building spiritual follower, I'm building spiritual leader. And she was upset with me in the beginning. You know, she's a lawyer, very successful. And now she called me and I get the biggest compliment. She say, thank you for making me a leader. Because right now I can lead my spiritual life without pick up the phone and call you and ask you. And that's really what this book is about. To teach the people without being too depending on other guru or teacher or whatever it is. I'm not saying not to respect people who teach you, but I'm saying there is information, there is knowledge out there that is good enough for you to go ahead and manage your life in a better way. Why not to give it to people? Why not? So does that also then address the question too, who your book is for? The book is for everybody. If you consider a human being and you consider you have a soul and body, it's for you. If you don't believe you have a body and a soul, then I'm sorry, don't read it. It won't work, <laughs> okay. No, because the, the, the book addresses two subjects, the body and the soul. The body is basically more the physicality. The soul is the essence, is who you are, your identity. Yeah. So it's two aspects. If you're capable of recognizing those two aspects and start define and get yourself from one place to another, so it should be good. Um, I have been often following uh, near-death experiences and um, books that are written by by hospice uh, nurses or volunteers. And um, they say there's a list of five things that people typically say as their last breath. And one of them is amazing that they say, I wish I'd let myself be happier. It's exactly what everybody's saying. Unfortunately, in my job, I have to deal with that too. You know, and my my wife's father is the head of the hospice in Pittsburgh. So he has a lot of story like that. I don't know if he want me to give his name, but he's, he's, he doesn't usually, he doesn't like to go on media. But he's an incredible human being who helps so many people. And I tell you, I can tell you about my father. My father was sick with Parkinson for 12 years. And usually before a person passed to the other side, um, nobody liked to do that job, including myself. We asked question, uh, is there something you're sorry for? And he told me one thing. I said, what is it? I said, I could treat your mother a little bit better. And I remember I cry, he cried, my mom cried. And it's very emotional even now when I'm talking about it. Like when we look back, we could be more happy. And the way to be happy if we forgive. As I wrote in chapter, the second chapter of my book, very difficult to forgive people who hurt us. And for a while, personally, I had a hard time to forgive my father because he grew up as an orphan. So it was very difficult for him to give love. You know, he grew up in the Second World War in Sicily. So for him, life was about survival. So for him to give love, he didn't fully understand what it is. What are we talking about? You know, the, the word love was not exist. The word survive was love. How can I give you food? So before people die, one of the things they're sorry for, as you say, beautiful, is I could be more happy. Most of the small things that bother us are not that important mm -hmm. that they have more value than happiness. Mm. 
So let's kind of go into this, how a person becomes rich and happy. What's the secret here? <laughs> well, there is two things to do. First, we talk about what you should be doing right away is to forgive. And the second thing is to share. Those are the two aspects of happiness. If you're capable to forgive people who truly hurt you, you are now opening, your vessel is opening to pull all the happiness to your vessel, to your cup, to your container that called the soul. Now, the second chapter is, can you share? If you're just busy forgive all day long, you're getting into more philosophical kind of a thing, yeah. and you're not doing a lot with your life. But if you are forgiving your father, your mother, your sister, the people who took your money, people who cheat on you, stuff like that, now you're open. Now you gotta share. Share your time, share your physical domain, money, clothing, shoes, bread, share your thought, share your wisdom. You know, you gotta be a sharing personality together with forgiving the people who hurt you because people are going to hurt you eventually. You cannot <laughs> you cannot just remove the people who hurt you. They're gonna hurt you. It can be your children, your parents, they're gonna hurt you. It's part of life. It's a good part of life. And then when you forgive them, you're going to the next stage. When you're going to the next stage, now, are you going to share? Are you going to be kind? Or are you going to be proud of yourself because you share? Because well, you forgive. Yes, go and ahead. And part of that sharing is acknowledging I have more than I need. And the both generosity and, um, yeah, gen oh, gratefulness. <clears throat> gratefulness, gratitude. Yeah. And, and sharing is not just because I have more is because I need you, the receiver, because without you, the receiver, who am I to myself? Mm -hmm. Which means without you, if I cannot give anything, then what is my value? You know? Yeah. If I it's cook a beautiful dinner and nobody is attending, it's boring. <laughs> I often think of um, the flow of life. And so right. as, as a um, means flows into me, if I keep and hold it all, it becomes stagnant. And um, I use the word constipated. <laughs> and when I share, it's allowing that flow to, to keep on um, being active in, in other people's lives too, yeah. That's good. That's good. I, can I use it too? Spiritual yeah. Constipation? yeah. I have a spiritual constipation. That's what's going on here. So uh, I don't know about where you're at, but you know, with this um, this uh, coronavirus and people were yeah. stockpiling their their um, toilet paper, and now there's this. Uh, hey, let's in our gambling game, let's trade toilet paper for our money. So. Yes, yes, we're in tough time. This is, if, if we talk about from the chakra point of view, if you're familiar with the chakra, you know, we are busy with the red chakra right now, which is the bottom chakra in a tailbone when people need to survive. So the surviving, we need to survive money. We need to, look what's going on. I mean, this crash market, crash. <laughs> the crash market, the stock market, crash. The, 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 the way they're acting weird in the West Coast. You know, in the East Coast, there's snow all of a sudden. There is, there is, there is this virus. So we are being forced by the universe because we have no clarity to act from a survival 
mode point of view. We don't know if to fight or to fly. We don't know if to freeze. We don't know what to do with our life. So this is awakening the tailbone chakra, the red. That's why I'm, 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 I'm telling people, please don't dress red. Please, I'm begging you not to dress red right now. Dress the color green to up, lift yourself to upper level or purple, you know, so you can, or pink, lift yourself above the red because red is the color of fear, the color of survive, the color of the foundation of who you are. We are now living in this time that all of us been pushed to live in a chakra of, of, of the tailbone that worry. Many people complain to me right now that they have pain in the lower back pain in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the leg, because what happened, the leg, the low back uh, uh, represents survival. Where am I going? What direction I'm going? You know, the right leg is the direction of life. The left leg is the forgiveness. I'm not going into secret details how I know it from what I do with people when they come for healing. So all of those things right now that taking a place are making people worry. You know, people want to stay alive, but there is people who want to give up the fight and die. So we are now in a time which is so difficult globally. We talk about the global communities is right now bleeding. It's a tough time, you know, but still we're not united. We're not, I mean, you and me are united, but we need to find a way that the global community will unite because this is the time we're helping each other. We need each other. Yeah. Okay. It's time to take a break. And I think, I hope it's uh, stirring some questions in your mind, audience. And we're going to ask Elihu when we come back um, the, uh, let's see, we're going to, oh, well, we're going to talk some more about fresh courage because in a time of fear, that's exactly what we need is fresh courage. So stay tuned. Okay, we have been talking with Elihu Jaya and uh, the laughing billionaire, and he was telling us that uh, how a person becomes rich and happy is to uh, forgive. That's his number one key. And his second key is to share. And sharing to me kind of is similar to gratitude and uh, abundance and having more than enough and it keeps that flow of energy going instead of getting stuck and um, and stymied, I guess. So um, we were co- kind of commenting a little bit about this is a season of our whole world to be doing some reevaluating and, and uh, reevaluating and reflecting is a good thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, I mean, evaluation of the question is what we evaluate. We evaluate uh, and have gratitude after that, or we evaluate all of a sudden. People start to realize maybe I'm with the wrong relationship, maybe I'm with the wrong uh, amount of money. So it can go both both ways. We gotta be careful a little bit because, from a zoological point of view, Pluto is right now. Stuff on the planet, on our planet. So Pluto is in charge of destruction and rebuild. So sometimes people might destroy something that they can never build, build again. So we have to watch our words, specifically our words, and uh, of course action. But the idea is, even we are living in a, a tough time like this, the, we need to value things that we used to have before. 
You know, we are not meeting as many people as we used to meet before, but before that we were isolated to begin with. You know, Facebook, Instagram, all of this, that, we were isolated on choice. Now we've been isolated with no choice. And all of a sudden when you take the choice away from humanity, humanity right now want to get the choice back. So now we want to be with people. What happened yesterday? You know, I'll tell you something funny I did on Saturday. I scream out of the window, is anybody want to do a meditation and pray together? And all of a sudden, people that I don't even know their name, you know, they hardly say hello. So many family came out, yes, yes. And we did it together. It was so beautiful. And we prayed together, we meditated together. And we all went back home to, 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 to eat lunch. And then they said, when do we do it? Again, tonight. So yes. And then the rain came and it was, what I'm trying to tell you is we value neighbors, friends, that nobody would just say hi, hi, and that's about it. All of a sudden, your neighbor becomes so important. Yeah. You want to know so much about them. So we evaluate things that we already have, but we didn't even know that are so great. Everybody becomes so, so important. Yeah, I decided everybody's talking on Facebook about go out and and uh, order takeout so the restaurants can stay open. And so I decided, you know, that's a nice thing to do on Sunday. And I ordered a couple things of a restaurant I've actually been wanting to try. And as I was on my way out to pick it up, uh, my neighbor was saying how that she has just cleaned out her mother's uh, condo. Uh, her mother has recently died at nearly 100 years old. And um, when I brought back the, the uh, takeout, I, I twice I was prompted to go down and share it with her because I'd ordered kind of like for two people and, and thinking I'd use it over a couple of days. And I decided to share it with her because she's been through a lot the last four days and, and besides losing, losing her mother. And it felt so good to share my, um, my abundance with her. And, um, I, I think we're going to hear lots of stories like that. So yeah. let, let's see, uh, in your deck as a, of experience as a life coach and spiritual advisor, what's the, the key to happiness then? Is it love? Is it more than love? <laughs> Is it love? You know, it reminds me a person who told me, uh, I love fish. And then I answer, being a Scorpio, I said, that's why you kill them and eat them, right? You know, and what does that mean? It means the word love associate not necessarily with love itself. Love is associated for a lot of people with uh, uh, what I'm receiving. And I remember one of the, um, one of the times that I had to coach a band, a rock band, in a backstage they were about to play the song, I want to know what love is, so you know what band we're talking about. So when they come up with this song, he wrote it for his wife. And the idea is what I say, you know, the word love is, there is a misconception of the word love. So you said love, and that's why it's very important for me for the audience to really listen carefully. When I say, I love you, you know, am I saying it from a man's point of view because I'm expecting love? Love, the original meaning of the word love, is the ultimate giving without me expecting anything in return. That's love. But love become, I love cake, I love fish, that's why I'm taking it. Love become more what I'm receiving. Love is no longer 
what am I giving? So when we talk about love, we have to start changing the love has to do with giving. So yes, love can help if you want to be happy, if love comes from a place of giving. Not who loved me. You know, like in the movie, they're holding that roses, he loved me, he loved me not, he loved me. What is that? I mean, do I share? Am I sharing? Am I not sharing? Am I sharing? That should be the question. Don't worry about it if he loves you, or if he doesn't, or if she, or he, or your mother, or your father. Am I practicing love and caring and sharing with humanity? Then you will be happy. Why? Why is it like that? It's written in Genesis, and I'm not trying to be a preacher here, that we were creator in the image of the divine. If we created the image of the divine, what's make the divine divine? Creation. Creation, creation, creation. If you create something for others, you will be happy. You share your lunch with your neighbor. That's creation. You create an idea of giving. That brings your smile on your face. That removes the constipation of spirituality. That's really what it's all about. You know, you are giving, you are kind. It's for you, it's not for them. She make you happy by receiving it. You know, can you imagine that we try to give something to somebody we love and they're not taking it? So they do. So you got to stop for a break. No, no, I, I'm, I'm not taking the. Oh, this is my oh, pushing oh. it away. <laughs> so exactly. It's If the receiver don't take, that put me in a place that I cannot give. If I cannot give, I cannot be happy. So the giving itself has to come from a place of understanding. I want to give love, but... It doesn't mean that the receiver won my love, but love is not what I'm receiving from my wife, my kids, my, my neighbors, you know, if they give it me. They might not want to give me. Can I love them? Can I love the people who don't? Now you have a test of love. For that reason, you have to run into the wrong people in your life, and those wrong individuals help you to truly love. If you have perfect people in your life, how can you love them? Yeah, it makes me think of my mom would would say do something good for other people because it makes them feel good and makes you feel good too. So that's kind of kind of that same principle there. Yes, yes. So how should people use your Laughing Billionaire book? Well, the, the Laughing Billionaire book, the way to read it is read it one chapter and then think about it. Don't jump to the next chapter. You know, when I'm talking the first chapter about desire and claim, you know, the idea is to think. You cannot just read fast and move on to next chapter. Then when I go to chapter number two, forgiveness, you know, understand forgiveness, not just from a point of intellectual. Truly work on that. And there is no good and bad. If you just work on that, just think. You know, it was a book that was influenced me a lot. It's called um, uh, You Cannot Afford the Luxury of a Negative Thought, written by two psychiatrists. I don't know if you know that book. A wonderful book that affect me. There's so many books that I love. Louise A., of course, you know, Dr. <laughs> Wayne Dyer. There's so many people out there that wrote so many wonderful things. The purpose of my book is to get people into not just becoming spiritual or loving, to become practically, you know, in a practical way to become a better person. If you just philosophically a good person, it's nice. But how is your existing add to the global community. That's the purpose. So you want to become a billionaire, that's a responsibility. You want to become a laughing billionaire, you want to become rich and happy, that's also a responsibility. How you, by being you, taking this information and share it with other people. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So tell us a story or two about how people have done that. Elihu. Well, good. It's great. That's the best, the best one. So many examples of people I met that when I met them, the one thing that they have in common, they didn't believe in themselves. People didn't believe that they have in them the ability to become somebody. And those of you who know me, you know, when I work with people, I'm a pusher. You know, if you choose me as your mentor, if you choose me as your coach, you know, I'm going to push you because I see your potential. I see how far you can go. And if I see a person right now that I met that I believe in eight years from now, he's supposed to be the one running into the White House and I'm working with them on that. And I tell him it will take us eight years to put you there because you care about people more than any other human being I met. You know, so I work with people to get them into the level where I see with my ability to see the future where they can be. So the way I do it, I look at the forehead, I look at what happened to them last lifetime, what they need to do in this lifetime, and step by step, guiding them to the best of where they need to be. That gives me joy. That gives me so much pleasant to my soul. So if I see a person make it with money, unbelievable, and I'm riding with him on his private jet, just two of us and the pilot sitting there, pretty depressing, sadness, emptiness, nothing is going on. What do you think I'm doing with him? We flew together to Vail, and we are landing in Vail, and I say, listen, mister, you, you know everything about business. There's nothing I need to teach you there. But I got to teach you about life. You just lost your wife. She left you. The kids have nothing to do with you. They just want your money. Something is off about that picture. You say, yes, they're bad people. I say, no, 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 no. If they only want your money, that means it's the only thing you have to share. Let's study something else that you can develop about your personality. So what do you mean? So you have wisdom and money. This you can share because that's come naturally to you. We went to a supermarket and we start learning how to shop. Can you imagine pretzel, milk, cheese? And he started loving it. It became like a therapy, saying hello to the cashier lady, going and say hello to the cleaning lady who cleaning the floor. How are you? He said, how was your day? And we're practicing that and he's laughing. Say, yeah, I can't believe you're doing it to me. I said, I'm telling you, it's gonna make you happy. This gentleman now, the marriage didn't work, of course. He's remarried, he's have a wonderful wife, wonderful, he, he just have a, a, a newborn son. Life becoming better for him, he's happy. He's creating his own charity that he helps people who are homeless. What I'm trying to tell you is there is hope for each and every one of us. If you are poor and you don't have money, there is a way to make money. Work with me. I will guide you step by step that everybody can go from one step to another to become rich and happy. Okay, so let's take a break here. And uh, we're getting on a pretty good roll here. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, to Elihu about the, what's the hardest problem people often face. So stay tuned to Transformation Talk Radio. Okay, thank you for listening to Fresh Courage on Transformation Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Sharon Rolfe, and my guest today is Elihu Jahan, and he's written the book Laughing Billionaire, and uh, we're going to ask him, what's the hardest problem you often encounter in people's lives? I think, I mean, there is uh, a lot of issues out there, but I think the core issue is... um, people find it difficult to forgive themselves. Ah. Yeah. 
so uh, uh, you know it's sometimes very difficult for a person to forgive themselves for things they did or for things they, they could have done, you know, with their children. And they look back, sometimes the parents uh, feel overly responsible for things that they didn't do and they blame themselves. And I think the blaming game has to stop on both sides. First, don't blame people and don't blame yourself. Because most people who go to spiritual lecture, what sometimes they get out of it is don't point finger to other people and blame them. But also it's don't blame yourself. It doesn't add anything. You know, there's a big difference between blaming ourselves to take responsibility. And people sometimes get mixed between the two. And people believe that if you are blaming yourself, that's taking responsibility. But it's not true. Uh, taking responsibility means that uh, you are understand that you're part of the cause of what's happening here, yeah? and because of that, you can change it. You know, so th there is a big difference between the truth and the fact. And you know, when you look at the truth, yes, it is the truth that your perception, but the fact is a fact. That's psychology. That's very simple psychology. So you gotta get into a place where you truly understand. If you hurt your kids not to grow up the way they should be, then fix it. But don't beat yourself up for being a bad parent. If you feel, I don't know, that you're cheating on your boyfriend or your girlfriend uh, and you feel bad about it, most probably you're going to do it again. But if you feel that you're responsible for what you did, then you are taking yourself to therapy or to something or to a mentor to start helping you with that. If you blame yourself that you addicted to drugs, it doesn't mean you're going to change it. You know, uh, one of whoever familiar with the 12th step, you know, the first thing is, is basically to admit, to admit, admit. It's almost like when people go to hospital, they admit themselves. So you admit that something is wrong. Once you admit something is wrong, then there is a hope for you because yeah. you recognize what's wrong. That's called taking responsibility. So the one thing people hate doing is to take responsibility. Either they blame themselves, which will make them depressed, or either they shake themselves away from all responsibility. Yeah. So I um, things really started to change for me this last year when I started recognizing that uh, I'm doing the best I can at the moment. Yes. yes. The, the parents or the kids, whatever, whoever's gone astray, off track, they're doing the best they can at that moment. So uh, we've actually got a question coming in from uh, Facebook, and they're asking, is it possible to lead a billionaire lifestyle and be happy at the same time? And maybe that also leads into vital transformation, so. Okay, I mean, I mean the idea is like that. I mean, uh, can you be happy and reach in the same time? Absolutely, the answer is yes. Just remember, the money, cannot bring you happiness. So you need to work on them in the same time, being happy and being rich. I met, I remember one of the meetings I had with a guy who come with a noisy car into my office and and he teach me a great lesson that happened 15 years ago. He came with Lamborghini, those of you who know the car. He has fancy watch, fancy boots, everything is fancy. And as he's sitting there and I'm kind of, was famous then as a spiritual kind of uh, advisor. And I'm looking at him and he looked at me. 
and he was very good. And he looked at me and said to me, are you judging me? And those of you who know me, I'm very honest. You know, if you ask me, I will tell you. I said, I'm not judging you. He said to me, so why are you looking at me? Are you looking at me because I'm very rich? What am I doing in somebody's spiritual office? I said, it went to my mind. You're right. And he said to me, it doesn't mean just because I'm so wealthy, I don't have a problem. So from that point on, the name of the guy is John. I cannot say his name, but that's his name, John. I call it always John Lessons for me. And the idea is that a lot of time people come very wealthy and they're missing their happiness. But it doesn't mean that all rich people are not happy. You have to understand, money cannot buy you happiness. It can buy you things that make you happy, but cannot buy you happiness. Happiness has to come by forgiveness and share. It doesn't mean just share physicality. You have to share physicality, which is money, clothing, and food, and time, volunteering, and your mind, which is love. So you got to go into those three aspects. So it's a great question. I understand it from Pia. Pia is asking the question. So it's a great question, and I answered this question in my free website that everybody can go there and understand money and happiness. It doesn't mean rich people cannot be happy, and it doesn't mean happy people cannot become rich. Just understand this is, it doesn't mean just because you have physical domain success, you're supposed to be happy because happiness is emotions. It's not physical things. So you don't expect physical things to make you feel something emotional. Like a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he, Johnny, Johnny happened to be a person who recognized that he had it all and he has the look, he, was, he is a very good looking guy and smart, success, everything. But he just couldn't find happiness in the area of relationship. So that's why he came to see me and that's how I help him to basically copy and paste whatever he does in business, to copy and paste whatever he can do in his relationship. And he loved it, it was working for him. Okay, we've just got a couple minutes left and um, we need to tell people how they can get a hold of you and your book and you got, you've got a giveaway, right? And quickly go over that. Of course, first, my name is Eliao Gian, so I know it's a difficult name to remember. So you just go online, eliaogian.com, or you go to my website, which is called Vital Transformation, like the radio, vitaltransformation.org, which is for free. No problem, free lectures, live lecture there of spirituality. So everybody welcome uh, to go ahead and, and basically enjoy. And in the same time, you know, you can uh, uh, find me, my name, and uh, and basically work with me. If you want to find the book, you can go to Amazon. Okay, the famous Amazon. You can order the book there, Laughing Billionaire by Eliao Gian. The way you write Eliao is E-L-I. Those of you who don't know how to write my name, why? I think it's on, on there, on the radio, right? Right? E-L-Y-E-L-I-Y-A-H-U. And Gian is J-I-A-N. So if you get complicated there, so hopefully, and if you want to work with me, just pick up the phone, call, and we will be able to give you the service you need. Okay, and my website is effortlessvitality.org, and um, I have a YouTube channel, and uh, I want to remind everybody, if you like this program, to rate and review wherever you see it, because I need to ask you to um, show that we have people that are following us and um, maybe we can have a Eliyahu on our show again 
So thank you for listening to Fresh Courage. It's your time to shine on Transformation Talk Radio. Thank you, Elihahu. We've thank had fun you. today. Thank you very much, Sharon. And, <laughs> and thank you for having me. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. I loved it.